Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome. I'm Bishop Heather Shea of the United Palace of Spiritual Arts. On today's episode of Open Heart Conversations, we explore A Course in Miracles with acclaimed author, teacher, and spiritual leader, Marianne Williamson. Thank you for joining me and my co-hosts, Reverend Dr. Jose Roman and Reverend Renee Rossi. What, what exactly um, got you interested in A Course in Miracles? I had been a student of academic philosophy and theology, I had always been interested in esoteric studies, but also in non-esoteric spiritual studies, starting in high school. But when I saw The Course in Miracles, I was around in my mid-20s. And, you know, I believe there's one truth with a capital T spoken in many different ways. But the one that's for you, you tend to know it. It just was, whoa, it spoke to me. Now, when I first saw the books, the Christian language was scary and threatening to me. So I didn't pick it up for another year. So we were just talking about the kind of emotional impact it can have on a person when you first encounter the spiritual path that you know provides the portal into practical application that you're looking for. I think so many people are at a point where they understand a lot about the abstract spiritual principles of metaphysics and so forth, but it's great. How do I apply this to my life that stymies people? And that was what the Course in Miracles gave me a sense that I could actually apply this and um, change my own personal circumstances in a way that I hadn't been able to achieve, even though I kept reading a lot of spiritual and religious books. So Marianne, so tell us, what exactly then is A Course in Miracles? And is it in fact a religion? You, you yourself use the word religion. Yeah, no, it is not a religion. And it states very uh, clearly that it is not a religion. It is a psychological mind training. That is how the book itself describes it. In the relinquishment of a thought system based on fear and the acceptance instead of a thought system based on love. And it is based, it says, on universal spiritual themes. Uh, um, Jerry Jampolsky called it a self-study program of spiritual psychotherapy. It's a retraining of our attitudinal muscles. The point of the course is that the world in which we live is dominated by a thought system based on fear. And enlightenment is an unlearning. Not a learning, but an unlearning of the false 
uh, ideas that dominate our consciousness because they're taught to us from such a young age. And from a very young age, because we're taught we're separate from others, we're taught the world is not a safe place, and so forth. What The Course in Miracles calls natural thinking, we instinctively come to think of that as unnatural thinking. And unnatural, which we should think of as unnatural thinking, feels natural to us. And basically after, you know, not very long on this planet, because it's so thick. Now, the Course in Miracles says that enlightenment is a shift in self-perception from body identification to spirit identification. It's the journey without distance, the Course says, that we take from perceiving the world through a lens of only body identification to perceiving the world from a lens which sees us as much more than just physical bodies and containing within ourselves possibilities way beyond anything the body or the body's world could bestow upon us. It's, it's interesting because A Course in Miracles, I believe, says of itself that it is a required course. What, what's meant by that? Well, that was the sentence that first turned me off. First of all, it's also the first sentence that blew my mind. What book has in its introduction, this is a required course. I remember looking at who wrote this thing, right? Uh, You come to understand that the course itself, this course, remember, it's a course in miracles. It's not the course in miracles. It's a course in miracles. The required course means as the Course in Miracles says, it is not up to you what you learn. It is merely up to you whether you learn through joy or through pain. We are all on a spiritual path. Most people just don't know it. In every situation, you're going to learn the hard way or the easy way to open your heart. Either you're going to open your heart and life's going to work, or your heart is going to be closed and it's not going to work. But one way or the other, you're going to learn because that's all that's happening here. So you don't get to sit out the process as the Course in Miracles says. You just get to decide what you want to take at any given time. You're speaking about opening up the heart. Talk a little bit more about the, the miracle of, of love and accepting love's presence and the awakening of love's presence. <clears throat> the Course in Miracles says a miracle is a shift in perception from fear to love. So... And, and that love is the mind of God. And that think of it as though the universe is self-organizing. The acorn is already programmed to become an oak tree. The embryo is already programmed to become a baby. The bud is already programmed to become the blossom. The universe is already programmed to work. And similarly, you and I are programmed for life that works And that lifts us and all beings to the highest level of creativity and joy. The difference between us and the acorn is that we have free will. So we can say yes to love, but we can also say no and deflect the miracle. Love is the field of possibility out of which the next best thing will emerge. A denial of love is a deflection of the miracle. And every moment, we are making the choice between the two. We, we might be making the choice consciously. We might be making the choice unconsciously. But every moment, we're making the choice. The Course in Miracles says miracles are natural when they do not occur. Uh, something has gone wrong. 
And what has gone wrong is that we've switched from right-minded to wrong-minded thinking. Every thought, though, is that powerful. Every thought, The Course in Miracles says, creates form on some level that every thought takes us and those around us either straight to heaven or straight to hell. Heaven and hell not being a condition or a place, but heaven being an awareness of our oneness. So every thought either makes us more aware of our oneness or more deluded by the illusion of separation. The former gives peace and the latter gives pain. And that's what hell is. Hell is what the ego mind or the fear-based mind would want to do with every, every moment by guiding us into thoughts that lead us to separation. Either it's an attack thought, uh, a judgment, uh, whatever it would take to invalidate or minimize another human being, build a wall between you and another human being, including thinking you're superior to, an, uh, superior to another human being or inferior to another human being. The ego is always tempting us into the thoughts that will build walls because the ego is the wall. That's what the body is. Whereas the spirit is always leading us to thoughts that extend beyond the body to the realization of the oneness wherein lies our peace. That's wonderful. That brings a lot of clarification on the miracles and actually the clarity on the course of miracles and understanding really what it is. So so thank you for that. Renee? Yes, um, Marianne, I want to ask you a question about God, because I know that God is central to A Course in Miracles, and can you tell us about how A Course in Miracles conceives of God? A Course in Miracles says God is all there is. Love is the mind of God. God is an idea. A Course in Miracles says if you have a problem with the idea that God is an idea, you have a problem with the idea that you're an idea, but you are. You are an idea in the mind of God. The world is ideational. Um, James Jeans, a a famous British um, physicist, said, as it turns out, the world is not one big machine. It is one big thought. And we are ideas in the mind of God, and the mind of God, God is all that is. And what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. So God, or the thought of love, is all that is real. Free will means that in any given moment, I can either think with God, i.e. think with love, and the Course in Miracles says the purpose of your life is to learn to think with God, or I don't have to if I don't want to, because I have free will. However, and this is the clicker, because only God is real, when you're thinking without God, i.e. lovelessly, because what is all-encompassing can have no opposite, when you're not thinking with love, you're actually not thinking. You are hallucinating. You are thinking a thought that is then manifesting no differently than the thought of love would manifest, but it's manifesting an illusionary world. But the illusionary world of fears, fears, projections, rather than love's extensions, are as strong in their effects as is the truth. So to the body's eyes and to the body's ears, we look at war and we think that's real because the body's eyes and the body's ears don't register the peace that lies beyond. 
So that's why The Course in Miracles talks about reality with a little r and reality with a big r. Reality with a big r cannot be registered through the body's senses. Reality with a little r is registered by the body's senses and the ego mind says, see, that's real. And the message of the Course is nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that you just explained the opening statement of the course to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, that's <laughs> that's what the introduction is about. Mm-hmm. Yes, a very powerful statement. And that's why it says the summed up the course can be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. That your peace, your inner peace, which is the goal of the course. Uh, derives from knowing in any given moment, if it's love, the love here is real, and everything else is just the illusion of the world. Don't attach to it. Don't give it credence. That doesn't mean deny it, because the Course in Miracles makes a distinction between positive denial and negative denial. Negative denial is let's just ignore it. There's a difference between denial and transcendence. Transcendence emerges from positive denial. I see you, but I see through this to the possibility on the other side. Let's take what's happening with Israel and Palestine right now. I don't think the Course in Miracles is asking the Course in Miracles student to just say, oh, it's just an illusion. It's not real. There is no serious spiritual path, including the Course in Miracles which would justify turning our eyes away from the agony of other sentient beings. I think what the Course in Miracles student would be doing is providing what the Course in Miracles calls the presence of the alternative, taking a stand for the love that is possible on the other side of this. Because the Course in Miracles says that, well, I don't know, maybe I should shut up and you just ask me the questions you want to ask. No, it, it, uh, well, maybe this is related what, because I, I've always um, wondered, what does it mean to wake up to the reality which is Christ? What, what, is, what is the Christ mind? What yeah. is the voice of God in our mind, for example? Okay. All of so we've all heard the line, there is only one begotten son. And for the traditional Christian, that means Jesus. For the Course in Miracles, there is only one begotten son means we're all it. God did not create billions of us. God created one of us. So imagine that there is a wheel and there are many spokes on the wheel. According to the body's eyes, you would identify your position on the rim of the wheel. And so you would go, my God, there are billions of spokes. There are billions of us. But if you take all of the spokes down to their central points, from which they emerge, there's only one point. So we all know Carl Jung's idea of the collective unconscious. The view of the collective unconscious is if you go deep enough into Heather's mind, deep enough into Dr. Jose's mind, deep enough into Renee's mind, and deep enough into my mind, that there is mental imagery or archetypes that we all share. The Christ mind takes it one further. 
that if you go deep enough into Dr. Jose's mind, Bishop Heather's mind, Renee's mind, and my mind, we're the same minds. There really is no, it's not that we have the same images, it's the same mind thinking those images. And that is the Christ mind. The Course in Miracles is a Trinitarian system. Father, Son, and then the Holy Spirit. So what the Course in Miracles says is that millions of years ago, in time as we know it, however, in reality, it never happened at all, <laughs> right? Because only love is real. The Son of God, and I, it's described incredibly in the Course as the moment when the Son of God forgot to laugh. And I have to tell you something. This is very aligned with the Big Bang Theory. The Course in Miracles says it happened in an instant, which I find fascinating. That the Son of God took what the Course in Miracles calls a detour into fear. And we, it's called in the Course the, de- the separation. That we thought a thought that was not of love. Now, when we did that, God did not register it as real because he knew it wasn't real, but he registered our suffering. Now, he's not going to force us back to love because love does not force. But what he did do in that moment, of course, the miracle says, is to create the Holy Spirit, which is an element in our mind, which once having been created by God, anything created by God cannot be uncreated. So even when we no longer need it as our teacher, I love this part, even when it is no longer needed as our teacher, it will remain within us as our friend. It is the internal teacher, the gentle guide of perception, the bridge of perception. And how it works is, okay, let's say I'm very upset and I am tempted to see guilt in my brother based on something that my brother said or did. So the Holy Spirit is inside my mind and the Holy Spirit is like on the fence. And the Holy Spirit sees the truth about who I am and who that other person is. Your love, their love, all that's going on here is that you love, you guys love each other. And then also at the same time sees, oh, boy, he's triggered, she's triggered. I, I, and totally gets the psychological dynamic of insanity and has been authorized by God. But only if I request it. Because if I didn't request it, it would be a violation of my free will. Mm. But if I request it, if I say, dear God, help me, if I say I am willing, the line in the course used a lot is I am willing to see this differently. If I am interested, if I am willing, and the Course in Miracles says the Holy Spirit responds fully to the slightest invitation. It's like the old fashioned Christian pictures of Jesus with the lantern at the door. Will not force his way in. But holding the light, should you care to open the door? So if you ask, then the Holy Spirit has been authorized by God. Tell her what she needs to hear. Have a a movie that she sees. Drop a book at her feet. Uh, Maybe a song lyric. Maybe her mother should call. Have a friend could say something. She has asked. She has said she is willing. So now, Holy Spirit, go at it. Now, also, part of that willingness, remember, 
If I'm willing to see it differently, that would mean I'm willing to see the innocence in my brother, even though right now he's appearing to me as a total jerk. And the Course in Miracles says, since all minds are joined, my brother will also feel that change and be affected by it. Now, obviously, the Holy Spirit represents a way of looking at the world, which is completely healed and completely taken to the level of God. We're not there yet. One man, however, was born 2,000 years ago. And the Course in Miracles says he is not the only one. Mm -hmm. But he is one who lived on the earth but thought only the thoughts of heaven so that he became one with the Holy Spirit. So to call on the Holy Spirit, to call on Jesus is one and the same thing. Jesus is someone, the Course in Miracles says, who has who has actualized the potential that lies within us all. The, uh, he says, I don't have anything you don't have. The only difference between us is I don't have anything else. In other words, he sees that other person and sees their love and their innocence. And I still have, oh, yeah, but, but the look on his face was very condescending. Right? Right. So, so when we're he, looking at Jesus, we're looking at the potential person. And the teacher. It's like, imagine that you are a painting student and Picasso walks in and says, you know, I could give you some notes if you want. Would you say no? If you're a composer and Beethoven comes in and says, I could help you, would you say no? So take that by a thousand of total perfection. So I could say, let's say I'm in an argument with someone and I'm very angry at that person. So I know the principles enough that I would say to Jesus, I get that to you, this person is totally innocent. But I don't get it, okay? I don't see it. Now, what does he say in the Bible? I will stand in the breach. So you say, I'm willing to see him the way you do. And then Jesus looks at the person and goes, I like him. And you say, I'm, I'm willing to get there. But I, I can't. It, I, my triggers from childhood are too great. He reminds me of an abusive father or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't get there without a help. As he says in the Course in Miracles, there would be no savior if there were no need for one. If I have, and this would be true of any of us on this call, there are times any of us might be tempted into judge, blame, whatever form of lovelessness. And someone else on the call could just gently touch us on the arm and say, lighten up. And you'd say, you're, you're right, you're right. And you, you yourself can make the attitude adjustment. Sometimes it's too big to do by yourself. And it could be that really what they did was, within worldly terms, really terrible. Or your trigger from the past, and oftentimes both, which is why you met them. So he says in the Course in Miracles, in terms of Jesus, interestingly enough, he says, you do not have to call on me. Because, you know, this course isn't trying to get anyone to believe in Jesus or even believe in God. It's, it's training us to believe in each other, which is the experience of God. But he says, if you do call on me personally, there's that little bit more I could do for you, which I find fascinating. Marianne, 
there's, there, I hear that there's something called the lessons of the Holy Spirit. I think there's also they've been referred to as, I think, the three principles or something of that nature. I wasn't and quite sure what you meant by that, actually, when I saw that written. I'm not sure exactly what that's about. Then is there such a thing as lessons of the Holy Spirit? Well, the, less, the Course in Miracles says everyone has a highly individualized curriculum. So the lessons of the Holy Spirit, each and every one of us right now has our own relationships and our own circumstances. To some extent, they overlap, right? Because your relationships with each other at this moment, right? But you have a lot of relationships. I don't have. You have a lot of relationships. I have blah, blah, blah. The Course in Miracles says that every relationship is an assignment and that every situation is a relationship. So the lessons of the Holy Spirit are inherent in every situation, in every moment, the lesson is, are you going to be loving? Are you going to be generous? Are you going to show up? Are you going to be in the present? Are you going to be in the past or the future? Are you going to recognize that the only thing that's important is that you show up fully right now? And if somebody is not nice to you, ooh, there's a lesson in forgiveness here. So every moment is a lesson of the Holy Spirit. Every The, the universe is intentional. The mind of God is intentional. Every situation is an assignment, is a lesson in our evolving to the point of complete self-actualization. And that process is called salvation because the only thing to be saved from is our own fear and insanity. Our fear is our insanity. It's it's my understanding that a course in miracle teaches that all yeah, all human beings are unlimited, um, that all human beings are uh, literally invulnerable, that we're all one with life. Uh, can you speak to what all that means? Well, what I would say is it's interesting how you language it. All human beings are the 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 mortal material being within you is not unlimited. The mortal material being is not all powerful. It is the spiritual truth of who you are that is all powerful and unlimited. To the extent in any situation that I identify only with my material mortal self, then no, I'm not unlimited. And no, I'm not all powerful. But if I know that there is someone in me but not of me, who can do for me what I cannot do for myself. If I remember that God is unlimited and God dwells within me, there's a big distinction there. There's a big difference there. So it's not that I, it's, it's that I am in the mind of God. And when I am aligned with God, then the power of God works through me to the extent in any situation I am only here to be truly helpful in any situation I'm only here asking God where would you have me go what would you have me do what would you have me say unto home to the extent to which I not only think that but really practice being that then to that extent there is God is there is an unlimited power of God to work through me. We're not the water, we're the faucet. I'm Bishop Heather Shea of the United Palace of Spiritual Arts. We'll return in a minute with our special guest, Marianne Williamson. Thank you for listening. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. We now return to the United Palaces series, Open Heart Conversations. Today, we're talking about A Course in Miracles. Say a little bit more, you you mentioned earlier on the concept of the ego, because I think that's confusing about, well, I am God, I'm not God, God works through me. How does, how does, you know, a little bit more around what you're talking about, individual, but I'm one and where the ego gets it. So when, when I talked about that moment that occurred uh, millions of years ago, although in time, although in reality never occurred at all, that moment of separation, that was the birth of the ego. Mm -hmm. The birth of the ego was God. Is, is a response to God. The Holy Spirit is the response to the ego. So when we began to think fearful thoughts, we are so powerful. The mind is so powerful that when you go in a direction of fear, it's just as powerful in its effects as if you go in the power of, to, to love. God doesn't fight that. God has created an alternative to that. So... The world teaches me to think along the lines of the ego. The Holy Spirit is within me. That's why meditation is so important in the morning. The Course in Miracles says the, the, the workbook of the Course in Miracles trains us to think along the lines of the text sets forth. If you wake up in the morning, it's like if you fill the room with light, darkness can't exist there. So if you wake up in the morning and you go immediately to the news, you go immediately to your computer, you go immediately to your phone and you download the horrors of the world, the, which are based on, which are creations of the ego or, or manifestations of the ego's perspective. Only God or love creates, but fear can manifest. If you, if your mind is just, if inundated with that and you download that early in the morning, there's no reason why you should be mystified while you are depressed by noon. Because you have been totally enrolled in the idea that the world is dangerous and you have no power to stop it. And that's why, whether it's the workbook of the Course in Miracles or any other a serious spirit, uh, spiritual prayer, meditative practice, you take it in in the morning. You give your life to God in the morning because if you don't give your life to God, the ego will take it. There is no in between. There's love and there's fear. You mentioned the word prayer. How does the prayer show up in Course in Miracles? The Course in Miracles says prayer is the medium of miracles. Say more. Prayer is where you, you, dear God, I'm willing to see this differently. Dear God, help me, you know, lead me not into temptation. Not that God ever would, so that it should be that leave me not in temptation, meaning the ego's tempting me all the time, but deliver me from evil, meaning help me not go there. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. That's the most powerful affirmation out there. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power, not the glory. Because something in my mind is saying, no, the kingdom here is she's a son of a bitch and they don't like me and I'm victimized and after, after what happened in the past and I blew it and they don't like me. It's a, it's a kingdom. It's a dark kingdom. It's a dark kingdom of self-hate and hatred of others. And then how does... How does- but once again, if I don't pray for God to deliver me from that, yeah. He can't come and force me. He can't come. He can't grab me. I'm not a child. I'm an adult. But it sounds like meditation and prayer are important. And you mentioned this isn't 
similar to the Christian religion, but the idea of forgiveness is important. Forgiveness is everything. Forgiveness is everything because the problem uh, of, of the world is our belief in each other's guilt. The problem of the world is believing in each other's guilt. So the ego is like a scavenger dog, the Course says. It's like a heat-seeking missile. What can I find? What, what can I find at fault with Renee? What can I find at fault with Reverend Jose? What can I find at fault with Heather? There must be something I could find, right? And so the ego is always trying to present to me any scrap of evidence of my brother's guilt. Just now, interestingly enough, my ego is not doing that to hurt Jose, Renee, or Heather. You have your own egos to do that. The ego is doing it to hurt me, right? Forgiveness means in any situation, showing up, knowing that if in any way, anything like guilt, and obviously this is almost kind of not a good uh, uh, example because all of us are here with the same intention and practice in the same principles, etc. But life's not always like that, as we know. Okay, so if I uh, forgive, it means I, no matter what another person says, no matter what another person does, I am going to extend my perception. I might see a mean look on their face. I might have heard a mean tone of voice. Their words might have really been hurtful. I will not stop my perception at what my physical senses just said to me. I'm going to extend my perception beyond what the physical senses registered and would have me believe is reality, but only love is real and nothing else exists. So I am going to extend my perception beyond what the physical senses perceive to what the heart knows to be true. Now, the Course in Miracles says you were not created to be at the effects of love in yourself or from other people. You do not need to tarry there. I can give you an example of a very powerful experience that happened in my life along this line. Would you like to hear? Yes, please. Uh, Quite a few years ago, I went to see a one-woman play. And the woman, it was about her breast cancer. And I had... She'd been to my lectures and I had gone to see her at her home several times. And she mentioned me in the play. And it was a small theater. She mentioned me, but she mentioned me in a derogatory way. She made some comment like, well, we all know about how Marianne is or something like that. And I was humiliated and I was very hurt. And she also talked about one of my male colleagues. We all know who I love, but she talked about him in glowing terms. And I, I, I was so hurt. I, I was so stunned. I was so shocked. I didn't even know what to do. I walked out of the theater and the, the man, my friend who was with me, was a therapist in L.A., a student, of course, in Miracles. Uh, we walked out. I'm just kind of stunned. And he said, um, but he's also a student, of course. And he said, um, I know this must be really rough. Uh, if you want to call me this week and process, feel free. I'll be glad to talk to you if you want to talk this way. And I was about to say, uh, thank you. I probably did still say thank you, but I heard in my head very clearly I got the Christ in you cannot be crucified. Now that's a message. Don't go into victim here because it didn't really happen. Okay. So the course in miracle says miracles, uh, miracles collapse time. You're not always 
at cause for what happened in your life, but you were totally at cause to how you respond to it. So the, my ego says, she was so mean to me. But the spirit says, you can see it as real or not. It's completely up to you. Now, sometimes when you get that message, you, it's like we were saying before, just get off it, let it go. Sometimes it's like, no, something needs to be said here. Something needs to be said to the other person, but what you say, when you say, and how you say it will mean everything. So I got very clearly that Christ and you cannot be crucified, which was really like, really came on strong. I went back in the building to go to the ladies' room, and I ran into a woman that I'd known years before who was the producer of the show. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, hi, you know, it's great to see you. And she said, how do you, do you like it? I said, well, now remember, I had already had that moment with God. Now, this is really a big difference because if my ego was in charge, I would have probably said something to her. You know, I think it's just really awful what she said about, you know what I mean? Something like that. But I had already had that moment with God. And I said, well, you know, to be honest, I was quite hurt by that line about me. But my, where I was coming from, my emotional center was different than it would have been had I not had that God moment, right? Are you with me? She said, yeah, I saw it in the script. I was really, I I said something to her. I thought that was awfully rough or something. She said, you know, I'm going to talk to her. And I, I was just, I was in a gentle place. I wasn't in an accusatory place. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had taken me there. And she ended up talking to the woman and the woman, I think she wrote me an apology. She changed the line in the play. So I thought it was interesting that I did end up going back in there and seeing her. So the Holy Spirit did arrange and then they did need to be said. But what I said, the energy with which I said it, if I had gone, you know, well, I just think it's terrible what she said to me after what I've done for her. If I'd been in an ego place like that, then she had reported that to the woman. The woman had said, see, she's like exactly what I said. Thank you for sharing. That's an that's a, um, unfortunate and beautiful story in terms of how you resolved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm hearing is a little bit, and I'm going to use the word healing, but that's probably not. It's, it's a combination. Well, that is what the Course would say. That is the healing. Yeah. That's exactly the word the Course would use. Yeah. And a lesson learned. A lesson learned, yeah. Probably for you and them and for the people in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, and then, of course, and, 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 and then, um, Renee, I'm going to hand it back to you. I know it's a course, and so the question, you know, my question is, you know, how, how do you learn all this? And the, the answer, of course, is, you know, take the course. You've certainly... Uh, worked on this a, a, a while. How, how do you, how do you internalize it? How do you how do you master? Because there's so much going on with the ego and everything going on in our society. How do you talk to yourself, or how do you go through the course? The Course in Miracles, first of all, is a self study program, and there are three volumes: Volume One, Volume Two, Volume Three. Volume One is about six hundred and some odd pages, and it is the intellectual abstract concepts, um, many of which are well-known to people on this call, some of which take it to places that are very different than any any, um, particular course I've seen. Although the course does not claim any kind of monopoly on truth. 
you know, it's based on universal spiritual themes. Okay. But the Course in Miracles says enlightened begins as abstract concept. Then it takes a journey without distance from the head to the heart. If all you do is read the text, you know the principles. But this is about practical application. The Course in Miracles says it's about, it's a practical course. That is where the workbook comes in. And the workbook is 365 days of lessons. And the Course says that those lessons train you to think along the lines that the text sets forth. In the first half of the year, it's working on dismantling your thought system based on fear. And then in the second half of the year, uh, building up instead a thought system based on love. But it's like physical exercise. You never get to stop doing it. You don't get to say, uh, I am strong enough and I look the way I want to look so I don't have to go to the gym anymore. Because the way the mind works is similar to the way the body works. If you're after a certain age, if you're not work, working on strengthening your physical muscles or your attitudinal muscles, gravity will pull them down. And the gravity of our attitudinal muscles is anger, cynicism, victimization, and depression, Sarah. So you just keep doing it. And then the third book is called The Manual for Teachers which answers a lot of the questions that we have when we're students of the course, terms, et cetera. I have um, recorded uh, the lessons of the workbook. Some people actually, you know, hear me, watch the video, hear me. And I've, I've done that because I thought, I thought it would be helpful for some people, but it's interesting. It's helping me too, as well. I think that, uh, you know, one of the things I really get from the course that having been doing it as many years as I got, you know, every time you read it, you get more from it. And um, I really see how adamant it is. 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes before you go to sleep. You know, if you don't spend the time in silence, in quiet, then you're not letting the Holy Spirit work on you. It's like if we, if we go to the doctor and the doctor just comes in and comes out and doesn't really listen to our symptoms and we feel gypped, you know, but the Holy spirit is like the divine physician that is just sitting at his desk and we speed in and out. So it's been helpful for me too. But if anybody knows that it's a lot more than knowing the data, it's me because if it was as simple as knowing the principles, I'd be an enlightened master now. I'm not. So it's not just knowing intellectually what the book says. It's that practice and the willingness. The Marianne, willingness. Marianne, um, some, many of our listeners and of our viewers will, will not necessarily um, see fit to, to do A Course in Miracles, and yet they are sincere students of religion, of spirituality. And many of them, will, I think, would be interested in knowing what you consider to be the most important, say, two or three lessons that you've learned as a student of A Course in Miracles that have had the most transformative impact in your life? You know, there's, um, there's one lesson that is, into his presence would I enter now. And there's the concept in the Course, very important, called the holy instinct. To just shut up, be still. It's the be still and know I am. It's what Eckhart Tolle calls the power of now. 
we are a very frenetic now more than ever. And we say things that we, sh- we regret later. We text things that we regret later. We tweet things that we regret later. We write things that we regret later. We do things that we regret later. Give it, just take a moment and give the Holy Spirit a chance to realign your thoughts here. And it will be much easier if you meditated that morning. And if you if you didn't meditate that morning, then you when you fall off the wagon, you will not be it will not be as easy for God to gently put you back on because you'll already be spinning out in hysteria and anger. So really what you're saying is it's a moment to moment practice. It is moment to moment. And what and that issue of it being moment to moment, a lot of times the best things in life and the worst things in life come from out of the blue. The gifts of God that we don't receive enough and the gifts of the ego that we react to too much. But once again, if you meditated that morning, your chance of inhabiting, it's all about how we inhabit a space, what we bring to the space. And once again, that, that to the extent to which we prepare ourselves for that moment-by-moment jury, and even if we do that, like I said, I'm not in light master. I don't know if any of you are. It doesn't mean that we won't fall off the wagon at some point, but we can just be gently nudged back as opposed to an awful car crash of the soul that we still can, God will take you back, but you know, you're going to suffer through the process because it is what it is to live. We've, we've had a couple of programs on meditation and that's, I know that's very personal. Um, could you some perspective or, or, or thoughts when you're when you're working with the course? Again, people work in, in meditating different ways, but any thoughts like, oh, this is new to me. How do I meditate in the morning with the course? Well, the course, it, the lessons are a meditation path. They are a meditation path. So at the very beginning, you're taught just spend a minute on this, and then it builds up to three minutes, and then it builds up to five minutes, and then it builds up to ten minutes in the morning and ten minutes in the afternoon. Then it builds up to 20 minutes. And then at a certain point, it says, give as much time to the Holy Spirit as you feel moved to give now. Sometimes half an hour will not be enough. And the very fact that we have so much trouble doing it should tell us everything we need to know. You know, I mean, I would find myself meditating, but opening my eyes to see what time it was. Meditating. I remember one period when I would actually drink my coffee during my meditation. I would like keep my eyes open. I would reach for my coffee. Right. And I finally got to. I'm setting my alarm on my phone. I'm putting it on the other side of the room, and it's going to be on 15 minutes. And I'm I, I'm not opening my eyes until that alarm goes off. And you burn through that, and you realize the layer of, and that's the ego's resistance. Because the Course in Miracles says life is like that. There's a, a layer of fear, a circle of fear we have to go through in order to get to the peace on the other side. Marianne, um, we now understand that in A Course in Miracles, um, a miracle is a state change in perception. Change that is a change. It, it is the miracle. It is the miracle. Um, and it's interesting because many of us think of perception as a deeply intellectual act, and yet what I keep hearing as I as I listen intensely to you is that it really is, in some respects, not a change of heart. It is that, so. Can you explain that a little? Yes, bit? the thought creates the emotion. 
So if I have even the thought, let's say I'm in an emotional reaction of anger at you, but I even have the thought, I know he's an innocent child of God. I just don't see it right now. And it begins with that. It begins with the willingness. It begins with, I know he's an innocent child of God. I know that only love is real here, but my feelings are really hurt and I'm really angry. And I can't, and that goes into the whole relationship with the Holy Spirit. I am willing to see it, but I don't see it by myself. So that does, it begins with a thought. It begins with a thought and then the Holy Spirit changes your emotions so it's in many ways you you surrender to the idea of, the, of that reality and your that you you stop. stand on what you know is true now this is the symbolism of the three days between the crucifixion and the resurrection that it will take a little time so you during the phase of the crucifixion you think the thoughts of the resurrection um I remember once, many years ago, a boyfriend broke up with me, and I was crying, I was crying, I was crying. And my best friend, who's also a Course in Miracles student, was telling me relationships are never over. They just change form. He's leaving on the level of the body, but on the level of spirit, you are one. And then every time he said something, ah! and at one point he said, you want me to shut up? And I said, no, please sing. Please keep saying it. Because while I'm crying, I need to hear this. I just need to hear this. I, you need to let me cry. You need to not be telling me, don't cry. But while I'm crying, please keep saying this. Please keep saying this. Because that will lessen and diminish the time between the crucifixion and the resurrection. The answer would not have been to say, oh, Marion, you shouldn't be sad because the body's not real anyway. No, I had to have my human experience. But hearing him say all that was very helpful to me while I was having my human experience. Oh, really, it's, it's- it's not the denial of your ego or your, it's, your right. It's positive denial, not negative denial. Positive denial is I'm not dying, denying it's happening. I'm denying its power over me. And that's positive denial, not negative denial. And that's also the slavery in Egypt by the Israel, you know, for the Israelites, 40 years in the desert before the entrance to the promised land. And we, and those are both stories, God's promise, you're going to get there. How long it takes is completely up to us. And that's true of the human race. There is no guarantee that we will not blow this thing entirely. But even if there are five people left on the planet, at the end of that time, they will look at each other and say, Let's do it differently this time. So I'm wondering as we're, we're approaching the end of our conversation, if you could leave us with one of your, one of your favorite messages from a course for um, listeners or for, for today, you know, what, what's one of your favorite messages you could leave everyone with? Um, well, first of all, I think before we go, if you really want to be talking about the course, I think we should just have a moment about relationships, may we? Please, Because I think the relationships are everything in the Course. Relationships, the Course in Miracles says, are the laboratories of the Holy Spirit. Um, Relationships are assignments, as I said before. And we are led to people in relationship with whom we have the highest maximal level of soul growth. And that is not only, and this is really interesting to me, this is not only that our meeting the people we meet, gives us the maximal level of soul growth of the individuals. But the atonement, which is the correction of the perception, is working not only within the individual, but within the sonship, which means all of us. The Course in Miracles talks about the sonship all the time. For instance, the lesson today, when I am healed, I'm not healed alone. None of this is ever about only one of us. So not only are we met... uh, 
assigned to people with whom we have maximal level of soul growth, we are also assigned to people in relationship with whom we can do the most good for the world. And that's when life is the most enjoyable. The Course in Miracles says at a certain point, you will uh, not be alone. You will uh, be joined by your mighty companions. For instance, the three of you, that you didn't just meet for issues having to do with what you might learn, what you might learn, but that you're serving this larger this larger um, uh, uh, project, which is bigger than any of you, but mm-hmm. gives all of you more of an opportunity to serve it than you could do by yourself. It's the healing of the entire sonship. Um, it's much like every cell in the body is assigned to the lungs, to the pancreas, to the liver, to the skin. And the natural intelligence of every cell is to then collaborate with other cells to serve the healthy functioning of the organ and the organism of which they are part. That is us. You, you're assigned to United Palace. You, you're assigned to that book. You, you're assigned to have that child. You, you're assigned to be a scientist. You, you're assigned to be a politician. You, you're assigned to be an environmental activist or whatever, right? Now, in the body, sometimes a cell disconnects from its natural intelligence, And it disconnects from its collaborative intelligence, which is its function. You call that cancer. It goes off to do its own thing. And it gets other cells around it who are similarly distorted and dysfunctional. And they become, obviously, a tumor that is very destructive towards the system. That is what has happened to the human race. The ego is literally a malignant thought. It is a thought that has broken off. It is, we have been infected by the malignant thought that it's all about me. (laughs) That is the malignancy. It's all about me. And then this is played out not only individually, but also collectively. It's about my country. No, it's about my country. It's about our rights. No, it's about our security. So it's played out collectively and it's played out individually. You have been listening to our series, Open Heart Conversations, offering dialogues from the world's religions and spiritual traditions, recorded here at the United Palace of Spiritual Arts. Please visit us in Manhattan or online at upspiritualarts.org. Until next time. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 